Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good late morning, Pacific Timers. Good early afternoon, everybody else, basically, except Hawaii, where I wish I was constantly. Finally stopped raining in Los Angeles just long enough for the first massive trade of the day to break. I know, I know. We're joshing. We're just having a little bit of our sillies today on the show. I got to get my sillies out. I got to wig jump dance my wiggles out or whatever those kids songs are. Uh the first trade of the deadline week pandemonium. The Utah Jazz are trading Simona Fontecchio to the Detroit Pistons for a 2024 second round pick. Woo! And we also believe Kevin Knox uh Woj has two tweets on this. I was hoping that I could Find a way to get them all into the same thing. It looks like it's a second rounder and uh, and Kevin Knox and the draft rights to Gabriel Procida. Gabriele Procida. Get that right. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Um, there's the other tweet. Let's see if I can get this one on the board as well. This one actually is probably better, honestly. So let's switch it. Give you guys the old, what do you get to see on your screen, switcheroonie. Where is it? There we go. All right, there's the full deal, the details on it. I mean, I get it. We're, you know, we're having a little bit of fun here at the beginning of the show, and I've got my trade tracker sheet cooking. I have no idea how I'm going to keep up tomorrow when all of this stuff is happening and I'm already live on air, but uh, this is the fourth trade Basically, of the season, I think. We had OG, the OG trade right before New Year's. We had uh, Siakam, then Rozier, and now we've got Fontecchio. I'm sure that the first thing you guys all want to know is, should I do anything with this? And the answer is, only in a very specific set of circumstances. We're going to give this one the, uh, the Liam Neeson particular set of skills treatment which is the particular set of circumstances for what you'd be doing here is and and i'm referring to 12 teamers it's 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 simply too hard to do a show where you're like and what about 14 teamers well what about 16 what about 18 what about 20 we got time for that if you're in a 12 team league the player that benefits the most from this deal is fontecchio the question however is is it enough his fantasy game is kind of middling by all accounts this year. Uh, averaged about 23 minutes a game for Utah. Nine points, three and a half boards, 0.6 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.83 pointers. That was sort of the big upward thrust for Fontecchio, who's already a much older player. Uh, born in 1995, which is like ancient in the modern NBA. Yes, I feel very old. Uh, but he's in his late 20s already. So from like a developmental standpoint, he's going to get little bits better, but there isn't this like big pivot coming for his fantasy game. So what you can see, and then, you know, I always find it more helpful to go in and look at a player's game log to find out, okay, well, what have they done in games where the role matches what we either expect or hope? And those two things sometimes align and sometimes they're very different 
what we either hope or expect the role could be. In this instance, for Detroit, Woj was kind enough to send out another tweet in sort of a, a bit of a mini storm from the man himself that said, and I quote, I'm not fast enough to get this one up on your screen. Also, uh, you know what? Maybe I am fast enough. Let's see. Can Dan get this one on the screen? We're going to go to Woj's feed and we're going to just scroll down past all these lovely advertisements on X to uh, this one. This is the one right here. Let's zoom in on it for everybody. Quote, Fontecchio will be a restricted free agent this summer, and Pistons made trade to keep him as part of franchise's longer-term core. Fontecchio had a lot of suitors at trade deadline, two hyphens, and Pistons land him for an early second-round pick and draft rights to Proceda. Poor Kevin Knox got left out of that tweet, but he's also a part of this as well. The thing that I think we want to focus on, and I'm going to try to highlight it, and I don't know if that's going to show up properly on the video feed, but Pistons made trade to keep him as part of franchise's longer-term core. That is key. What this, this is verbiage that Woj doesn't come up with on his own. This is verbiage that is fed directly to the big newsbreakers because this is what teams want him putting out on their behalf, meaning Detroit told him this is not something that Utah is going to leak. It's not something, I mean, maybe Fontecchio's camp could leak it, but that wouldn't really help them. Who does this help? This helps Pistons try to endear themselves to a fan base a tiny bit more and to a player, frankly, a tiny bit more, who, again, is about to be a restricted free agent, so he doesn't have that much in the way of opportunity, uh, but it's good to build a nice relationship, and maybe that leads to something. Point is, the only, really the only entity that benefits by putting out a statement like this is the Pistons' front office. So you can kind of tell where it comes from. But it also tells us something. And yes, it can all be bluster, because Monty Williams can ultimately do whatever the hell he wants with his players, and that's why we've seen Kevin Knox starting on a team that has uh, Azar Thompson waiting in the wings to develop and become an NBA star. Fontecchio can shoot. That's the key here. So let's just play a brief game, um, because in a moment we'll we'll look at the seven games from yesterday, but I, I didn't think it was like that hyper-impactful of a card. The Rockets game, I thought, had uh, some stuff. The Grizzlies had a little bit of stuff. Brooklyn had a little bit of stuff, and that's kind of it from yesterday. So we'll, we'll, don't worry, we'll, we'll laser in on those teams in a minute. But again, you know, with the deadline coming, and honestly, something could happen while we're on air. I kind of, frankly, hope that it does, because then I can just be like, hey, first, <laughs> first, um, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing at this moment as of yet. The reason I bring this up is, okay, if they're going to go out of their way to describe this player as a part of their core, which is pretty weird for a guy who's already 28, but let's just take it at face value. The assumption then is that he's going to come to Detroit and he's going to get to play. Especially with Isaiah Stewart out. Because now you've got Kevin Knox out of the way, you've got Stewart sidelined, and you've got a team that desperately, desperately needs somebody to be able to go hit a damn jump shot who's also not tiny. That's actually important. Fentecchio is 6'7", 6'8", somewhere in that neck of the woods. He's sort of a big guard, small forward kind of thing. 
So, you know, he's wingy. Everybody loves wings in the NBA these days, and Fontecchio's a wing who can shoot a little bit. What if we extrapolate his numbers? That's the game to play here. What if we extrapolate his numbers to 26, 27, 28 minutes per game? Now, if the if the Pistons roster stays unchanged from this point forward and Isaiah Stewart comes back and Boyan Bogdanovich is still there and Alec Burks is still there uh, and Danilo Gallinari is still there, then things do get a little bit jammed up. No question about it. Uh, but I got to think that Burks is on the block. We know Boyan Bogdanovich is on the block. That you know, Repeatedly, they haven't gotten as much as they wanted to for him, so I don't think you can just assume he's going to go anywhere. But... Let's let's take the best-case scenario path here, because that'll give us, I think, a pretty good indicator of whether we should even dig deeper. Is it even worth it? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fontecchio at, let's say, 29 minutes. I mean, that's a big number. It's a big number. He was at 23 for the season in Utah, and you know it wasn't remotely close to good enough for Fantasy Valley. 23 minutes a game, he was outside the top 200. Uh, and it's not like the percentages were all that bad. It's just that he sort of wasn't doing very much. But there's a couple things at play here. First, let's extrapolate to 29 minutes. Let's call it a best-case scenario, because I don't think there's any way he's playing 30. I, I don't even think in a best-case scenario he's playing 30. So let's say 29 is the perfect stars-aligned universe without a whole team getting hurt at the same time kind of thing. What does that mean for his numbers? Seven shots becomes what? Well, 7.2 in 23 minutes. 29 is six additional minutes, which is a little bit less. It's about a quarter more. It's about a quarter more. A quarter of 23 minutes is, you know, five and change. So it's about a quarter more. Quarter of seven and some odd is uh, in the high ones. So seven shots becomes, call it nine. 7.2 shots becomes nine, which actually I think is, is exactly an extra quarter there. Uh, so if he's at nine points in seven shots, which is, again, uh, you know, like 1.28-ish points per field goal attempt, in nine shots, it again goes up by about two and a half. So uh, nine points becomes 11 and a half points. Uh, assists goes from uh, one and a half to close to two, not quite. Steals goes from 0.6 to 0.8. Blocks goes from 0.4 to 0.5. And a little bit. Uh, free throws, he'll take one a game instead of 0.8. Rebounds goes from 3.5 to roughly about 4.5. A, a little less. 4.4, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... No. Yes? No. Yes. Is that good enough? Is 11 points, 4.5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1.3-ish combined defensive stats... Uh, mind you, also, you know, about 2.2, 2.33 pointers. That's not nothing. Is that a, a top 100 fantasy play? And the answer is barely, barely. 
And at 45% shooting at 80 at the free throw line, I think the answer is actually kind of barely not. But then we have to adjust for one other thing in our brains on this Fontecchio situation. That one other little thing is, is his role bigger in Detroit than it was in Utah? And that's kind of digging in on who gets the shots. Unfortunately, we can't answer that right now because we don't know if Bogdanovich and or Burks and or Gallinari and or whoever, if these guys are all going to be on the Pistons past the trade deadline. Like if you move, say you moved Boyan Bogdanovich out of the way, that dramatically changes, forget just the minutes for Fontecchio, it dramatically changes the amount of looks he'll get. Bogdanovich is taking 15 shots a game and almost four free throws. That's a lot to put back into the main bucket. It's a lot. He would probably be the, the the largest of the possible things that could get moved. I mean, Kate, I know, at 19 shots a game, but he's not going anywhere. Jay Nivey is at 11 shots per game and more than that lately. Some of that, of course, being with Cade out, so you kind of mix and match. But Burks has been at about 10, 11 shots lately when Cade was out. And Isaiah Stewart was at 10. Bogdan, or Boyan is in that 15 range still. So, you know, what happens here? Because it's not like Kevin Knox took a bunch of shots with him on the way out. Yucky. <laughs> no. So could Fontecchio then go from nine shots, say, just in roll alone, to ten? If nobody gets moved. Possibly. What does that then change on his numbers? He goes from 11 and some odd points per game to 12 and a half or 13. Now are we getting close to a top 100? What if one of these guys gets moved? What if Burks gets moved and, you know, 8 to 11, 8 to 12 shots off the bench get put back into the main bucket? Could you get Fontecchio to 10 and a half? 11 shots? I think we're starting to ask a lot because if you look at Utah this year, there just aren't that many games where he took more than 10 shots. Then you can count them on two hands. Maybe less. November 29th, 30th, and December 2nd. 13, 12, and 12, that's three. December 11th, December 13th, that's five. Say we need our second hand. December 21st, January 1st, January 3rd. That's it. Eight games all year. He's taken more than 10 shots. And I think in one game he took exactly 10 shots. So if you want to call it nine, that's fine. But that's basically what you need out of him. He needs to be taking 10 or more shots per game to have consistent fantasy value. And I know you can dig in there and you can say, oh, look, Dan, January 23rd, he took nine shots and he had 18, four, and two. Yeah, I mean, he made six out of the nine shots and five of them were three-pointers. That's the type of thing that levels off with some other game where he played 24 minutes and took nine shots and made three of them. These things are just, they balance out. That's December 16th, by the way. 25 minutes, three out of nine, he had seven and two. You got to look for opportunity and you got to look for consistent opportunity. And if you go to those games where he took 10 shots or more, you could make an argument that this guy is a, is a 12-teamer, a even if the field goal percent is not that outstanding. Like if you look at December 11th, December 13th, he didn't shoot that great in both of them. 7 for 11 one, that's good. 4 for 12 in the other, so 11 out of 23, a little bit below 50%. Six threes, he averaged 17 points, four boards, three, eh, one and a half assists, excuse me. He did have a weird uh, measure of blocks in there. Came out of nowhere a bit, but, you know, one steal, 
is where he came out. So again, like that's the thing. Can we get him up near 30 minutes? Can we get him to 11 or 12 shots a game? And the answer, I think, as the Pistons are currently constructed, is no. If they move Bogdanovich, the answer, I think, becomes probably. And then we're talking about being, right now, a player away from maybe being a top 100 guy. Just, again, analyzing how a fantasy game takes shape. And this is all part of the handicapping process. So uh, I know a lot of you are like, Dan, you've done 15 minutes on Simone Fontecchio. Am I adding him? And the answer is on head-to-head, probably not, because I think I'd rather save my four weekly moves for something bigger. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it doesn't happen. I, you know, There's no guarantee that a better trade pops up, but... We, we've talked on, you know, three different shows about guys that have stash appeal. Like, if Spencer Dinwiddie is on the move, I'd rather use a move on Dennis Smith Jr. than Simona Fontecchio. What other names? You know, I want to have a move available in case Daniel Gafford gets moved. I want to have a move available in case DeJounte Murray gets moved. If none of those things shake out, okay, fine. Then someone else beat you to Simona Fontecchio. And maybe they have like a top 125 fantasy guy, or maybe somebody gets moved and he actually does get near the top 100. Uh, But I wouldn't use a move on it. The other question that's coming through is, does this help Oscar Thompson? And I actually believe in the short term, it doesn't. Kevin Knox was starting for the Pistons, but he's not good. Sorry, Kevin Knox. I didn't intend to come on this show and clown on you. He's... Uh, a fringe NBA-level basketball player, which makes him better than 99.9% of basketball players in the universe. But compared to these guys, he's not good. And, you know, Knox started the last ballgame, but he only played 13 minutes. Simona Fontecchio is better than Kevin Knox, as evidenced by the fact that the Pistons had to send more stuff to Utah to get Fontecchio than Utah had to send to get, in quotes, Kevin Knox. Fontecchio has a better chance of playing than Knox did because he's a better basketball player. So in the very short term, this actually hurts Aster Thompson. I know, that's not what any of us wanted to hear, but it's the honest to goodness truth. They brought in a better player than the guy they're sending out. Thompson is going to have a path to minutes at some point. I've said in this show many times, I think it's maybe more silly season than trade deadline season. Like, you know, if Bogdanovich gets shipped out and uh, and Burks gets shipped, if like the Pistons really do peel off all the pieces, I actually don't think that it's a guarantee that these guys are gone because I think the Pistons badly need shooting around Cade Cunningham and they just don't want to play out the string. Look, they're bad, but right now the Pistons are more competitive than the Hornets and the Grizzlies. I don't think they want to be that. It's been bad long enough in Detroit. They want to at least be fighting in these games, even if they go down swinging. And they need shooters. It seems like Burks' contract is easier to move. That's why he's the name I keep mentioning as a guy that that could be traded here for Detroit. And Bogdanovich could get traded too. Uh, it's just, you know, someone's going to have to pay up for him. He's He'll be more pricey for some other team. And I think the Pistons... 
kind of prefer having him around. Veteran leadership, floor spacing, that kind of stuff on a team that has none. Pistons are the worst three-point team. I think they were the worst three-point team in the league the last time I looked, but maybe that's shifted since then. So yeah, some of these guys could get cleared out tomorrow or later on today, and would that then help Thompson? Yes. Would it help Fontecchio, who they just brought in? That would also be good. Uh, but the answer to the question of, does this trade make you want to pick up Thompson is no. No other trades went down in the 20 minutes we spent talking about this one. Womp womp. Let's quickly then welcome you to the show. I didn't even have a chance to say hi. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Bespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, the day before the deadline. We got a day before the deadline. Actually, deadline uh, is, what, 24 hours and about 39 minutes from this very moment. Our show starts at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. That's uh, 19 hours and uh, 10 minutes from now. I'm very excited. Thank you, everyone. I kept asking and asking and asking to get to 750 pre-likes on that thing, and we did it overnight. We got to like 756 or something like that. Uh, so I'm officially going to stop bugging you guys to hit the pre-like button. But I will remind you all, our trade deadline show starts at 7.30 in the morning tomorrow, Pacific time. We want to be the first show on uh, because it's fun. It's fun to be first. You get a nice chance to just yell at everybody before anybody else is awake and doing it. Uh, it's going to be a five-hour show. I'm really excited. We're going to have a whole bunch of uh, internal ethos folks on it to break things down. Uh, we'll have Mark Camaro, our Dynasty guy, towards the end of the show to talk about some, you know, some of the smaller trades. They're going to matter more on the Dynasty side. Uh, we will. I don't know if we're going to have Brew because remember. The big dog had surgery yesterday for a thoracic outlet syndrome, and uh, he's in recovery right now. But I'd love to get him hopped up on some goofballs, and uh, he could join us maybe from the hospital bed. Uh, but we'll have Keith Cork on as well. We'll have some uh, friendly, some fresh new faces on the show that you guys haven't heard from before. Uh, Corbin will be back. John Mosales will be back. I never know if he wants me to call him Mosales or Marsales. John will be back. Um... Paul and Gabriel will be some of our uh, new faces on the pod. And then uh, I bring you some sad news, however. The great David Williams has the flu. Flu B. Uh, he was going to be with me at the outset like we did last year, but uh, he's got a call out sick. No flu game for uh, for D. Willie this year. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Please do, if you're watching on social, follow now at Dan Bespris. If you're watching or listening after the fact, however it is, it's at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This, of course, is a Sports Ethos presentation. I'm very excited because today, tomorrow, these are like the most fun days of the whole damn year. Outside of like the days you have your fantasy drafts, there is no more enjoyable time to be a fantasy analyst than trade deadline stuff because it's just like constant insanity all the time, forever. And, yeah, sometimes stuff doesn't happen, but who cares? Because everybody's watching. This is this cool day when everyone is paying attention to the NBA. And it's a few days before the Super Bowl, which is also kind of crazy. Um, I'm going to stop sharing that screen because now it looks like it's just playing an ad of... Who the hell was that? That was that, uh, that, was that musician. Why can't I... Brain farting on her name. Uh, Ariana Grande, I think, an ad was playing there, so we can close that down. Um... What else? What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Uh, hang out in our Discord. That link is also in the show description, as is the trade deadline show. All that stuff is is in the show description. So scroll down or however it is. Please, again, like, 
rate, subscribe. Uh, and I'm going to yell at you a lot tomorrow to come find me on social media because there are going to be uh, some new folks that are tuning in. That's also fun about trade deadline day. Going to be a wingding, my friends. Going to be a wingding. Let's, uh, let's quickly go through yesterday's stuff. Just make sure we didn't miss anything super important. Um, that's not yesterday. Apologies. We'll also zoom in so you guys can get a good look at it. There we go. Houston. No Freddie Van Vliet for at least a week. That's one of the big pieces uh, for the Rockets right now. Dylan Brooks is going to get more shots. I am not sold on him as a stream. Amen Thompson got the start. Double-doubled with rebounds, by the way. Uh, three blocks, six assists. Also missed a bunch of his free throws. But I feel like, and this is again, you know, a do you spend a weekly move on Thompson? Probably not because this is a short-term fill-in thing, but certainly if you have unlimited moves, that's where you make the the pivot here as a Freddie Van Vliet fill-in. And, you know, there's going to be some... Uh, maybe some issues. Um, you saw it yesterday with the missed free throws. He's not a good foul shooter. He doesn't shoot three-pointers. But he'll put up some defensive stats, as you saw. He can rebound, he can pass... I think he's worth a look here while Freddie Van Vliet is out. I think we should probably also not put the cart before the horse and just expect him to be like a top 50 fantasy guy as a rookie ball handler. These are problematic times, friends. But there is enough there, you know, in terms of other stuff that you just sort of pray the free throws, the field goal, all that stuff doesn't kind of sag him down. Do keep an eye on Dylan Brooks. Much as we mock him for his uh, ridiculous confidence, if he actually is going to go take 15 shots a game with Freddie Van Vliet out, you consider it. Uh, but we also need to bear in mind this game was against a Pacers team that doesn't bother to play defense. So everybody's always going to put up bigger numbers. I think we should probably watch for one more game before doing anything on the Dylan Brooks front with the Rockets' sole Freddie Van Vliet. For the Pacers, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 29 minutes, friends. 29 minutes. We had our buy low show yesterday, and I said he was a buy low, and you had to do it, and I didn't think we only had like an hour and a half to pull it off. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oopsies. Well, guess we need to do that by low show a little bit sooner. Anyway... Uh, Halliburton's going to cost you again because no way people didn't notice he played 29 minutes instead of 22. This is awesome. Um, if you can go get him, I mean, honestly, spend anything up to like number 15 because he's now very close to getting revved back up to full minutes. I don't know if you can get him for anything in that range, but I think it's worth a try. You know, if you've got like a Tyrese Maxey, throw him out there. See if you can get Halliburton. Maybe Dame can get you Halliburton. Trey Young, probably not. Scotty Barnes, worth a try. Um, I don't think anybody lower is going to get it done. And I don't know how much higher I would go because some of those other guys are, are cooking as well. You could go Paul George. Maybe get your Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't work. 
after him, you know, after he played more minutes here, but worth a shot. Uh, not too much to take away from Miami, Orlando. I think I'm downgrading Jonathan Suggs back to, or Jonathan Suggs, Jalen Suggs to not super trustworthy. It looked like the defensive stats were coming along, and I don't want to read too much into this game because the Magic got blitzed by the Heat, uh, but it also doesn't seem like, I mean, we're in a situation now where Wendell Carter Jr. is sort of probably points league, rel- is, yeah, Boncaro points league, yes, nine cat, eh, so Franz Wagner is the only nine cat guy I trust on the Magic. That's where we're at. Not the other guys. Wendell and Paolo, yeah, sure. Points league side. Suggs, eh, pass. Faults at this point. Uh, Faults also a pass for me. For the Heat, Josh Richardson's had a couple of decent games in a row off the bench, but I'm not doing anything with it. Same story for Jaime Akez, who had a decent game here. Also not doing anything there. Jimmy Butler continues to rumble since coming back from his injury, but for all intents and purposes, the Heat are a team where you're playing the four name recognition guys. Butler, Rozier, Hero, Adebayo, move on. Oh, the Grizzlies. Good gracious. Uh... All right, so Trey Jameson played 32 minutes, had 12-7 and with a couple of blocks. I think you can get away with watch-listing him. Luke Kennard, should his body allow it, and I've got to think that he's actually on the trade block for the Grizz, but maybe not. Maybe they want to keep him for uh, when they're putting the pieces back together next year. If Luke Kennard can get back up to 28 minutes or more, I would add him. Santi Aldama, I'm holding on to. I actually don't know why he only played 22 and a half minutes in this game, but he had 11, 4, and 5 with three three-pointers, so it's actually a pretty good line even in 22 minutes. I'd still expect Aldama, as he gets fully healthy, to ramp that back up into the high 20s, maybe if we get lucky, low 30s, but I don't want to guarantee anything on that front. And uh, again, then you're just hoping for decent percentages because he can give you stuff in every counting category if he's playing, you know, 27 to 32 minutes of ball game. 22 here and a half would not be useful long-term, but I'm going to give him a little bit longer. G.G. Jackson's a no for me. Jacob Gilliard is a no for me. Vince Williams is a yes for me. John Conchar is a no. Uh, unless, I think, honestly, I think I need Luke Kennard back out again just to guarantee Conchar a few extra minutes. But anyway, um, David Roddy has been a no for a long time. His fantasy game is not very good. For the Knicks, Jalen Brunson hurt his ankle late in this ball game, relatively late. You can see, you know, some of these starters played 40 minutes. Brunson only played 31. That was why. Uh, if he's out, we saw Miles Deuce McBride put up some pretty good numbers last time Brunson had to miss a couple of ball games. Again, not using a weekly move on McBride, but if you wanted to stream him in a in a league where you didn't have a weekly moves cap, you could probably do that. Uh, Precious Achua is a start because he's playing 40 minutes. Steven Chenzo's been crazy in his run lately. Josh Hart got his knee looked at late in this ballgame. Hopefully he'll be good for the next one. We'll see, but he's also very much a start for the Knicks right now as well. Kind of lightning rounding this one a little bit. Ah, well. Uh, Dallas, both stars played. Luka was questionable and then got ruled in and ended up with 35-18-9. and Oh boy, Dallas could use a little bit of help around those two guys. Kyrie had 36. He was awesome. Also, Tim Hardaway's a drop with those two guys healthy. I don't care that he had 14 points and seven boards. Tim Hardaway's not good enough when Kyrie and Luka are both playing. Derek Jones Jr., no. Josh Green, no. 
I know he played 33 minutes. He had two good games prior to this one, but his fantasy game just doesn't hold weight in the nine-cat side, and he's a, a candidate to maybe get traded. Maxi Kleba is somewhat interesting. He didn't have a great ball game here because Luka took every rebound. Uh, but Kleba, typically, if he gets these full starters minutes, he is nine-cat startable. Um, and he's been playable basically over his last three, two good ones and then this kind of quiet one. I'll be honest, I don't know exactly when Derek Lively's coming back. They've been kind of covert on that timeline. But if Kleba really is going to start and get full starters minutes, which he did here now basically three games in a row, I would probably use an ad on him on the Roto side. Again, not spending weekly moves on short-term stuff in head-to-head right now. Don't do it. Got to save those moves for tomorrow. Mikael Bridges, decent game. Nick Claxton, decent game. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I've been calling him a drop for a month. Um, He might get traded somewhere where he could be useful, but it does feel more like anybody trading for Dinwiddie is going to use him as kind of like an around other bigger pieces kind of dude. So I think Dinwiddie's a straight drop. Ben Simmons is an interesting one we kind of have to pause on as well. He had 9, 9, and 7 in 20 minutes. He's playing fast and hard in his limited minutes right now, which to me says, okay, fine. Roto, add him, sit him on your bench until his minutes get up to a higher number. Head-to-head, I don't know that you can play Simmons because he's going to sit back-to-backs. And he's going to... I mean, I'm going to be constantly worried that he's going to get hurt again, which is very much in play. And it's going to take still, even if he doesn't get hurt again while sitting back-to-backs, it still feels like it's going to take another week or two for him to get up to a number of minutes that you can say, oh, yes, I can reliably start this guy. So I just, I I don't know how you start a guy who, you know, even when he was playing well the first couple weeks this season, he was still, like, sitting just outside the top 100. That's not a player you can hold in head-to-head if they're also taking back-to-backs off. That's not good enough. You can't get a, you know, if he's got a four-game week with a back-to-back, a top 100 guy in a three-game week is often going to get bested by a top 125 guy in a four-game week. And yes, some of the Ben Simmons stuff is because of the free throws. If you're punting, that makes it a little bit of an easier decision. Uh, But that's where I'm at with him. I think I'd be much more inclined to stash him in a place where you don't need to play everyone every day. Cam Thomas, I am continuing to call a uh, sell very high when you can. I like the eight boards and the eight assists. That was kind of cool in this one. The percentages are eventually going to obliterate him, and they are doing it. What is he? Something like, is he six for 16 here and four for 21 in the last one? What's that, 10 for 37 last two ball games? I mean, he'll lose you a category by himself some weeks. Uh, which, again, like, He's putting up these big popcorn numbers, so you you have a shot to go out there and get aim top 65, top 75, something like that, top 80. If it works, you do it. Royce O'Neal had a decent ball game. Uh, I expect him to get traded or certainly on the block. Dorian Finney-Smith, who knows if he gets traded or comes back. I'm hoping Dennis Smith Jr. can end up on some of my teams, but again, that's going to require Spencer Dinwiddie get out of the way, and that hasn't happened yet. Nothing for you on the Timberwolves. Not much for you on Chicago other than, you know, one little footnote on this game. Iota Sumo came back off the bench again and had a quieter ball game because Andre Drummond got the start in kind of a, 
like a goal line package for Chicago. They went huge. Drummond and Vooch is their starting front court. Has a big front court. But they could do it because the other side had Gobert and Cat. So they could have Vooch go chase Cat around and Drummond could deal with Gobert closer to the paint. Bulls had a wild comeback in this game. Uh, Kobe White, Vooch, DeRozan, uh, just huge, huge uh, second halves in particular. Uh, someone was asking me, I think, in the chat room, and I, I wanted to address it anyway, should we pick up and stash Andre Drummond? I don't think this is a repeatable lineup for uh, the uh, Chicago Bulls. And I think we may have actually just had a trade, everybody. Oh, that's fun. Oh, here we go. Uh, let's finish up going over the box scores because we're almost done there, and then we'll... Uh, talk about the next one because it's the Grizzlies unloading a player that wasn't really playing anyway so yeah you're not going to need to do a whole lot else with this but we'll break it down don't worry um let's do the last of the box score here and then we'll we'll talk about the next one uh where were we um okay Oklahoma City nothing Utah we just talked a little bit about the Jazz you can see Fontecchio with a little trade logo by his name there this is another one where different lineups had success for Utah. So Chris Dunn saw some extra time, and he had a monster fantasy game. Uh, Keontae George was playing well. Uh, Walker Kessler has gotten a couple extra minutes in the last few ball games. That's good to see. There isn't anybody that I'm picking up and just stashing on Utah because we've heard Dunn could get moved. We've heard Clarkson could get moved. We've heard Olenek could get moved. Which that would actually, I think, really help Walker Kessler and John Collins a little bit if uh, if Olenek got traded. Right now, you're still starting Sexton and Kessler and Markinen and Collins. Sorry, throw him into the mix as well every day right now for Utah because John Collins getting center minutes has completely woken up his fantasy game. But uh, you're not picking up Chris Dunn. You're not picking up Keontae George because uh, this Fontecchio trade doesn't really change his path all that much. If Clarkson gets traded, that could kind of unleash George, although I don't know that I want him fully unleashed because then you get the sort of rookie guard stuff creeping back in. Um, but yes, Keontae is kind of on your watch list right now. Uh, if Clarkson gets traded but Chris Dunn doesn't, that's also one where you could be like, eh, maybe that thing kind of creeps in. But again, save your moves until something happens. Until something happens. Someone in the chat room mentioned uh, Taylor Hendricks being helped for the Jazz. Um, okay, but unless they go into full blow-it-up mode, uh, this is a guy who's playing in the G League right now. So he has more than one player to jump to get full NBA minutes today. I mean, yes, long-term, yes, but short-term yeah, is still, still ways off on that one. And uh, let's talk about the last game on the card, and then we'll pivot back to the trade that just went down. Milwaukee loses again, but they were down a bunch of players. Chris Middleton got hurt early. There was no Dame. There was no Brooke Lopez. So I wouldn't read too much into this one. Malik Beasley is the very obvious ad when big uh, usage guys are down. Bobby Portis is the play when Brooke Lopez is down. Um, so if Middleton has to miss any time, I think I might consider a Beasley ad. Just try to see if you can get three plus three-pointers for a week or two or whatever it turns out to be. Um, and then hopefully Brooke will be back so we don't have to worry about Port as much longer. I know Jay Crowder also played 40 minutes here. 
they're just a distinct lack of bodies for the Bucks. Uh, but Beasley's the one that you're looking at first, or Portis already, and then Beasley's sort of the next one in line there. And for Phoenix, you start the starters. That's an easy one. All right, let's get back to the trade that just went down. I want to make sure that I'm properly sharing that. I also want to make sure that I can um, tweet about it so people know that I'm talking about this trade. So, there you go. Let me read the trade out loud, and then I'm going to mention that uh, we're talking about it live on air. The Memphis Grizzlies have traded Xavier Tillman to the Boston Celtics for two second-round picks. And this is a big... Mighty ho-hum of a trade. This trade means nothing, really. Because um, Tillman wasn't really playing. Did he even log a minute in yesterday's game? No, not one minute in yesterday's ballgame for Xavier Tillman. So we just talked about the Grizzlies. Uh, what you saw yesterday, the only thing that this changes is, um, you know, like Trey Jameson... We'll see a little bit more consistent playing time. There really isn't many guys floating around that are going to come in and, and take all of Santi Aldama's minutes. The Grizzlies are an absolute dumpster fire. Let's let's be clear. Uh, but Tillman wasn't playing anyway. They were putting him on ice basically for this moment because he's going to be a restricted free agent. I don't think they wanted to pay him. And, and you know, now they don't have to worry about it. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Xavier Tillman is gone. He will be doing very little for the Boston Celtics. He is basically big man insurance in case Porzingis gets hurt and or Horford gets hurt because the Boston big men are a little bit on the brittle side slash old. But as far as the Grizzlies go, you know, you're getting to see it already. Everybody's getting a chance, which is kind of annoying because that whittles us down to right now. Vince Williams is kind of like the only guy you're like, yeah, that guy gets to play every day. Uh, again, like I just said, Luke Kennard, if he can get up near 30 minutes, he'd be someone I'd play. Uh, if Aldama can get up near near into the high 20s, he's someone that I would play. And I'm holding Aldama in a few spots because, uh, again, provided his percentages go back to what they were last year, he would actually be kind of interesting. Points, threes, boards, assists, steals, blocks. You just have to hope he doesn't kill you in field goal and free throw percent. And then I'd like to see a little more out of Trey Jamison. I'm not spending a weekly move on him. And frankly, I don't think I'm spending a move on him on the Roto side either. I, I think we probably see some games of Jaron Jackson the next few weeks. Not all of them. He'll get plenty of time off. Uh, I don't know if Trey Jamison is even on a guaranteed contract yet, so this could just vanish overnight. And that's why I would trust, you know, someone like an Aldama a little bit more. But keep an eye on the Grizzlies. Again, not a whole lot to do as a result of this trade. Um, other than for me, just to kind of put it on the list, I got to update my trade board. Yeah. Well, you know what? I asked for trades and I got trades. And uh, I didn't get the trades I wanted, but I got some trades that actually happened. Um, I think we've basically talked about everybody today. Is there anything we didn't cover? I don't think so, at least in terms of what's gone on so far. Ah, <sighs> tough road, man. Memphis is playing everybody 23, 24 minutes a game. Yeah, here you go. Good call, Shining Knight. Make sure you don't have Tillman rostered is the result of this trade. <laughs> he goes from being someone you definitely shouldn't have rostered to someone you definitely shouldn't have rostered. 
Anyway. All right. If something crazy happens in the next few hours, I might try to pop back on for a sort of a quick hitter show, but it would have to be like a big name trade, not more of these sort of little ones. These happened to occur right around the time I was going to be doing this show anyway. But like, you know, DeJounte Murray, if he gets moved, I'll probably pop on and do a live show. If not, if it's all little stuff, we'll save it up. We'll have more to talk about tomorrow. Uh, big live audience today, which means that I need to ask you guys to please come find me on social. There it is over there. I got to use the hand that's not blocking my face. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Uh, definitely hope you guys find me. We do a lot of work on social media. And please, please come hang out with us on our trade deadline live show tomorrow. It is going to be a freaking wing-ding. That's right. It's going to be both a wing and a ding. There's the link on your screen for those that are watching the video. It's very much in the show description. I expect you guys to subscribe however you're taking in the show. But obviously, if you want to watch it live, that'll be on YouTube tomorrow. I think we might do it live on Twitter as well. Uh, so make sure you're subscribing to YouTube, following on Twitter. That way you guys can get alerts when we roll. Again, it is at 7.30 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Shout out all also to our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo code... You guys know it. Ethos 20. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. 2-0. Ethos 2-0. 20% off on your order at manscaped.com. Go check them out. You can look better than I do today because I haven't used my, my grooming. That will be uh, prior to the live show tomorrow. I want to be beautiful for all of you Thursday morning. I'm going to try not to talk the rest of today because tomorrow we got a five-hour live show and I'm doing two basketball play-by-play -play games in the evening. God help me, I'll get through it somehow, but uh, not by yelling a bunch more today. Thank you again, everybody. I appreciate you all. And I'll see you on social. We'll talk to you soon. Very longest case. We'll talk to you first thing tomorrow morning. So long for now.